It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June 27th, 2013. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me to my right, your left. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. We always look forward to Thursday night with the virtual Bible study. And Monty is behind the controls tonight. We look forward to when Monty is here. Monty, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jacob. It's good to be here. Yeah, and um, we have an interesting topic planned for tonight. A little recycling tonight. Well, as we often do, Jacob, we're going to have to make... Uh, fast work of this. we got a lot of territory to cover and not a lot of time to do it. Two weeks ago, we had our, well, I guess a week and a half ago, we had our annual Bible studies in the park. Right. And we had a theme for our studies this year asking the question, does it matter? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure that most of our listeners are familiar with the very common idea in the religious world that Really, nothing matters. Yes. You, you can pretty much have it the way you like it. It's yes. sort of like eating at Burger King. Have it your way. Yes, right. And so we asked the question, does it matter? And what we thought we'd do in our program tonight is review th- those topics, maybe make some of the points we made during our study uh, a couple weeks ago, but also take listener comments as to these questions. Earlier today to our update list, we sent out our, our, our uh, program topic, and some questions for consideration. Our questions tonight were the very questions we discussed in the park a uh, week before last. Does it matter? Number one, does it matter what I believe? Number two, does it matter what I did to be saved? Number three, does it matter what church I attend? Number four, does it matter how I worship? Okay. We think those are important topics. And we had a good response. We had, I think, a good study. Uh, David McPherson from Galena, Indiana, was here to help us with this study. And uh, we thought we had a good study in the park, and we thought we'd just review those topics tonight on our program. I've got to admit, I was a little surprised when I saw your email today, because uh, you have included t- four topics that in and of themselves are each an hour's worth of discussion. Yeah. So we've got to go extra fast. Yeah, we're going to try to spend one segment uh, uh, on each question. Somebody's asking, are we on yet, in the chat room. Uh, if you're hearing us, if we're getting out, uh, I see Anthony in the chat room. Anthony, are you hearing us? Are we are we getting out to you? Now, on to the questions. You asked, first off, does it matter what I believe? I see in our responses a unanimous yes. Yeah, everybody everybody who responded by email says yes, and so uh, I'm glad that we have a, an agreement on that. Let's look That's at right. some of those email answers. Because, again, Jacob, what we're going to do is take 15 minutes on each one of these questions tonight. We'll have to go quick. All right, Randy in Swartz Creek, Michigan, says, uh, yes, it matters. He references Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One cannot come to Jehovah God unless they have faith that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mark 16.15 and 16, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not shall be condemned. Our Lord Jesus said, unless one believes and is baptized, they cannot be saved. Or cannot really believe until, uh, one cannot really believe until they hear the holy word of God. Romans 10 verse 17 says that. And so uh, Randy says, yes, it does matter. All right. We've got an email from Ramona in Texas. She says, looking back uh, through the scriptures, you can see where it does matter to God what people believe. When the Canaanites with their idols were living among the Israelites, God's Still had, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Did it matter? Yes. Why did Jesus condemn the Sadducees and Pharisees? Matthew 15:9. In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Should we, should we be worshiping in vain? No, because it matters to Jesus. The Romans worshipped Diana and showed their devotion. Acts 19:34. They thought they were sincere. So what does it matter? But Paul did teach uh, that you can... Excuse me, Paul did not teach you can serve your God in many ways. Romans 19.26. Uh, 
something. Uh, uh, That can't be right. There's not 19 chapters in Romans. I don't know what that is. Um, Something that has persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. That's got to be Acts Acts 19. 19, Paul himself, he was devoted to persecuting the Christians before he was saved. He thought he was doing the right thing, but was that enough? No. Okay. Uh, and uh, Chris in the UK uses a little bit of English analogy for us. He says, of course it does. If, for example, you were to be given an honor with a U from the king, it would do no good to think you could just go to 10 Dowling Street and expect to receive it from the prime minister, or because you're an American, you can get it at White House at the White House from your president. The queen doesn't live at 10 Downing Street or the White House, so you'd have to go to the queen's house. Okay. I guess it's a nice place where she lives. All right. Interesting. Yep. Interesting analogy. Yep. Yep. And Chris in Atlanta says, yes, it matters what I believe. Many years ago, I decided to re- reboot my beliefs. I was concerned that I believed the way I did simply because I was raised in an environment that said there was a God and he was the God of the Bible. I decided to start from scratch and investigate if there was even a God. Since I found a plethora of evidence... For God, it only followed that since he exists, he would leave directions on how we were to serve and worship him if that was what he desired. After investigating all the other religions and all other spiritualist claims, I found profoundly convincing evidence that the Bible is indeed the word of God. Ecclesiastes 12.13 states, Our whole duty on this earth is to fear God and keep his commandments. I don't know how much clearer it could be than that, that it does matter what we believe. All right. Well, uh, you know, we could take it from the extreme here. If does it matter if what I believe? If you answered no to that question, then you could believe money just anything that you wanted to, however outrageous it may be. If it doesn't matter what I believe, then I might decide that it'd be important to me to believe in offering child human sacrifices. And if it doesn't matter, then that's a good thing to do. I mean, that, there's no way around that. It right. definitely, ha- if it if it doesn't matter, anything goes. So it obviously does matter. We just have to determine uh, what we what, where the line is, Dad. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It matters. And and uh, in our study at the park, I, I taught this lesson. I tried to make the point that there is such a thing as truth. Uh, Jesus promised his apostles, that they yes. would be guided into all truth, John 16, verse 13. In John 17, 17, he prayed to God and said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So there is truth, right? and it can be known and understood. Yes. Jesus said, John eight thirty two, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But notice it's singular, the truth. The truth. He didn't say, well, there's a lot of things out there you might believe. There, there are lots of truths. Um, he didn't say a truth. He said the truth. Yeah. First Timothy 2, verse 4, God will have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. The truth. Very singular, very exclusive. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, I would say, does it matter? Well, I want to believe the truth. The truth is what will make me free. It is the truth. I can't just believe anything I want. I have to believe the truth. Yeah. You know, what's interesting in religion, people think it doesn't matter, but in every other realm of endeavor... They yeah. think it does matter. Yeah. You know, uh, mathematics, does it matter right. what I believe about mathematics? Right. Well, my, my teacher in grade school thought it did. Yes, and you think it does when uh, you uh, get your paycheck. Yeah, or when I go to the store and buy something and get change for, right. my, for my money. Right. Uh, I think it matters that not only I believe certain things about mathematics, right. but that the cashier also believes those same things. There's right. one truth. And I expect us to all be in agreement about this. A standard. A standard. Yes. Um, I guess we are getting out. looks like we got, I think Randy in in Michigan is having trouble getting the stream. It appears that we are going out otherwise. I think uh, that uh, Randy is just having some glitches on his end. Okay. Um, Another thing that that we emphasized in the park was that truth is true whether you believe it or not. In other words, it's not what it... In other words, it's not whether it's true to you. What's true to you may not be true to me. That's not the case. No. Truth is is objective. It's there. It's it's it is it's going to be there. It's is there whether we accept it or not, whether we obey it or not. That's the common idea, though, in our society. Well, it may be true for you, but it's not true for me. I've I've actually had people make that statement. Yeah. Well, if that's truth for you, that's good. I just don't see it yeah, that way. Right. Well, if it's true, then it has to be true for everybody. Right. You know, the truth is not just what I want to make of it. I never got any test back in school, Monty, that uh, where the teacher 
put a note on there. Well, if that's what you think, that's okay, but that's not what I think. No, I got a big red X there. You know, I argued with a teacher about a math problem one time when I was in school, and uh, even grabbed his calculator up, punched it in the way I understood it, and said, see, I got it right. <laughs> uh, it didn't make it right because I still was doing it wrong. Yeah. And uh, he didn't change my grade on the test because I could demonstrate but you, it wrong. But you really but I believed was still, it. I believed I was right. Yeah. Argue, I believed it enough to argue with the teacher, yeah. but that still didn't make me right. That's right. You know, uh, I think a really good Bible story that illustrates that even though you think something so doesn't make it so, this, the well-known story of Jacob when right. his favorite son, Joseph, the brothers had sold Joseph into Egyptian slavery but they took his coat and dipped it in animal blood and presented it to their father. Jacob jumped to the conclusion that Joseph had been killed in the field by a wild beast, and he mourned, and they they couldn't comfort him. His his feelings were absolutely sincere, but they weren't true. So believing something is so doesn't make it so. Yes. It's so because God says so. That's right. Uh, and and really, we've got to come to that. We've got to come to that understanding. I, I don't know how we how we can get that across in the religious world, Jacob. It seems like this idea, anything goes, you can believe what you want. Uh, it doesn't matter what you believe, just believe it, be sincere. I mean, there's so much information in the Bible that indicates that that is not accurate. It is. It's illogical. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, uh, it is not, it, it's uh, not, um, uh, you know, it's not, it's inconsistent and it's, it's not biblical. That we wouldn't do that in any other area of life, and when it comes to scriptural and spiritual things, we think that anything goes, and there is no absolute standard, but that's the only area in our life where we think there are no absolutes. We don't do it when we go to the doctor, and he writes a prescription. We think there's an absolute for that. Uh, we don't do it in the kitchen when we are baking with a recipe. We don't... Uh, we, we assume that there's absolutes. I need to do it the way the recipe says, but when it comes to things that God has said, we think, well, just do anything you want to do. Well, the problem, of course, is that if you don't believe the truth, then you can't be saved eternally. Believing other things won't save you. Um, you, you if you refuse to believe and obey the truth, you can't be saved. In Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, it speaks of some who received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Right. And it talks about those who will be damned because they believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Right. So, you know, this is not this is not just an academic exercise. This is not just an, a philosophical uh, you know, question to bat around. Our our eternity is dependent upon believing the truth. All through the scriptures it's the truth. Right. And and so we got we have got to come to that singular truth that is found in the word of God and we're not free to believe just whatever we want. In John 8 verse 24 Jesus said I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins for if you believe not that I am he you shall die in your sins. We've got to believe that Jesus is the son of God or else we're going to die in our sins. Jesus said it very clearly. Does it matter what you believe about Jesus? Yes. There are people in the religious world, we talked to one not too long ago, the Unitarian Universalist, who says you can believe what you want to. We can all be in fellowship. In fact, you don't even have to believe that there's a God. Uh, and in theory, you could believe that, uh, that you should be worshiping Satan and still be okay. It doesn't matter what you believe. Jesus says it matters what you believe. Yeah, and one other point before we run out of time in this, in this quarter segment of the program. Yes. This is not, the truth is not a moving target. Oh, you know, uh, just this week, the Supreme Court has uh, issued some rulings about homosexuality and same-sex marriage and so forth. Yes. I think in, in our culture, people believe that, well, that's okay now. It, it, people a generation ago thought it was not okay, but times have changed. Right. And people's understandings have been affected, and now it's okay. Right. It's not okay. It never yeah. will be okay. It, yeah. doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how many court rulings are handed down or how many people begin to practice homosexuality, or how well accepted it becomes in our culture, it's, it's a sin. Right. And it always will be a sin, because God's finished revelation of mankind says so. Right. And it's not, it's not changeable. That's right. All right, let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. I must say I'm impressed. We got through, we got, the got first, through that first one. We okay. got through over the first and, time. And, and the answer. 
Yes. Is. Yes. Yes. It does matter what you believe. All right. We're going to go to the next question. Does it matter what I did to be saved on the other side of the break? Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. We continue right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Do you remember when churches taught the truth in a straightforward and direct way with no sugarcoating? Can you recall when homosexuality was plainly condemned and unscriptural divorce and remarriage was not tolerated? Can you think back to a time when you heard hard sermons on moral issues like dancing, immodest stress, and filthy movies? Do you long for a return to the kind of teaching and preaching that you heard 30 or 40 years ago? The College View Church is trying hard to maintain the same moral principles that have been associated with God's people throughout the ages. They want to hold the line against the drifting that is characterized in so many churches today. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. We can't help everyone, but everyone can help someone. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. The greatest disability in life is a bad attitude. Man, wish I'd said that. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And we're back on the program tonight as we ask the question, does it matter? Does it matter what I did to be saved? Okay, for this part of our program, we're going to go to the second question. Remembering, as we explained earlier, that all of these were uh, topics that we covered week before last in our Bible studies in the park. And... Uh, we had four lessons, all on the general theme, does it matter? We've already covered, does it matter what I believe? The answer is a, a, a strong affirmative yes. Second question, does it matter what I did to be saved? Let's see what some of our emailers said, Jacob. All right, uh, Randy in Michigan tonight, who's also in the chat room. Thank you for joining us, Randy. He says emphatically, yes. There's a pattern in the New Testament that one must follow to be saved, which is one must hear the gospel he references John 6, verse 45, Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17. One must believe, he cites Romans 10, verse 17, John 8, verse 24. One must repent, Luke 13, verse 3, Acts 17, verse 30, Acts 2, verse 38. One must confess Christ, and Acts 8, verse 37, Romans 10, 9, and 10. One must be baptized, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, and Mark chapter 16, verse 16, and one must remain faithful, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, and 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Thank you for those good references, I'm, I'm, I, I appreciate, Randy, listing those. I think all of us as Christians ought to have a good arsenal of verses that we can draw up to discuss matters of salvation with people. You know, Jacob, if we have a chance to talk to someone about what they must do to be saved, we need to have those those verses at ready recall. Yes. And Randy did that there. Thank and we you, appreciate Randy. It. Ramona in Texas has done almost the same thing. She says the main answer is what does God require for us to be saved? So does it matter? Well, what does God say? What does God ask us to do to be saved? He's patient. Second Peter 3, verse 9, God is, uh, God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. But the answer, she says, to what we must do to be saved is in the Bible. No ifs, ands, or buts. And then she gives most of the same verses uh, that Randy just cited, so we won't refer to them all again. Let me ask you a question, though, Jacob. What I see both Randy doing and what Ramona has done in hers They've gone through the scriptures and they've picked up a bunch of verses. Uh, you know, can't I just look at one verse that tells me what I have to do to be saved? What is this idea of going through there and picking a verse here and picking a verse there? I mean, is that the way to do it? Right. Well, uh, you've got to take all of the truth. I think that's the key right there. In other words, the, the Bible is harmonious, and so we're going to find information that's not contradictory but actually supplements itself in various places. Great place to look in the Bible for what we must do to be saved is the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we have different information concerning what happened with various uh, individuals. But someone has described it like this. Uh, If if you were going to drive from Columbia, Tennessee, where we are, to California, someone might say, well, first got to go to Memphis. Yes. And then through Little Rock... And uh, you're going to hit Dallas, right. and then you're going to go to Albuquerque, New right. Mexico. And right. 
But if a person was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, yes. you wouldn't mention Memphis and Little Rock and Dallas because they're already they're already at Albuquerque. Right. And, and so you just got to talk about how to get them from Albuquerque to Los Angeles. Right. So that sort of explains why we have in the book of Acts different information concerning various individuals. Okay. Uh, some of them were idol worshipers. They didn't even believe in Jehovah God. So you got they got to tell them about Jehovah God. Right. But like in the case of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, he was already a believer in God. You don't have to convince him about God. He was already worshiping Jehovah Good God. Point. But he needed to know about Jesus as the only begotten Son of God. Good point. So, but but the the fact of the matter is, what you do to get the answer as to what to do to be saved is you put it all together, right. all of the information. And so, you're going to follow the instructions. And Jim in the chat room hits on that idea. He says Randy hits on a valuable theme, the idea of a pattern. The reason many do not think it matters what they did to be saved is because many reject the idea of there being a pattern in God's Word. And that is absolutely the case. Uh, it's interesting that we don't do the same thing in other aspects of our lives. God has given us the instructions in His Word, but yet we want to be haphazard or uh, neglectful in following those instructions. We wouldn't do that in everyday life. Exactly right. Uh, for if your boss told you, I want you to do this, this, and this, yes. uh, you wouldn't say, well, I think I can leave off part of that. Yeah. If you care for your job, you would do it what he said in the way he said it. Uh, not too long ago, I was working on, on my computer. I wanted, I had a picture of my daughter. I wanted it to be, you, you, when you come into Windows 7, you, you notice you got that all that funky stuff there where you put in your name. I want, I thought, well, surely you could put a picture behind that. I wanted to figure that out. So what I did, I did a little search. I had no idea how to do it. You know, it's very hard to do that. You can't just change that. I thought there must be a setting. You mean uh, when it's when it's when you go to up? log in? Yeah, when you go to log in, if you want it to be a picture other than that little birds and stuff in there, yeah. well, you've got to go into the registry. No, 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 yeah. no, no, <laughs> yes, no, no. You do. Don't go there. Well, now see, I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't but either. I thought, you know, that, I, I that's really, dangerous territory. I right thought there. I really want to change this picture, so I did it. I went into the registry. Then you then you got to do something else. You got to type this other command in there, and then you've got to actually make a folder on your computer, and you've got to put this picture in there, and you got to rename it just right. I didn't know what I was Did doing. You get it done? Well, I didn't follow the directions exactly right, and it didn't work. Did you I crash thought your this com- guy told me wrong. Did you crash your computer? No, it worked. No, no, it didn't crash. But I, I had to go back. I looked at the instructions. I said, yeah, there's that little bit right there. I missed that one little instruction. I changed it, and it worked. Now, if I want to be right with God. In other words, if you want to be right with Bill Gates, you've got to do it his way. You've got to do it his way. If I want to be right with God, why wouldn't I go to the instruction book and do what he said, for crying out loud? I mean, we wouldn't do that in anything else. If I want to do something on my computer, I want to follow the instructions. Yeah. So I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, Chris in the U.K. says, uh, doesn't matter what you did to be saved. He says, essentially, you get the honor of... Oh, he's still using his analogy about the queen bestowing an honor on you. Yeah, I want to disagree Uh, with him a little bit on his response, but go ahead. uh, He says, essentially, you get the honor because the queen wants to bestow it upon you. We are declared righteous because of what Christ has done. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he, God, hath made him Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made right. He made the righteousness of God in him. Whether you believe it is by faith or by baptism, first and foremost, it is by going through the door of the sheep who is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Just like you can't go to Washington or Downing Street, but to James, St. James Place, we can, we can't, I think he means we can't enter another way. I believe that's true. I mean, salvation is only in Christ. We understand that. Yeah, for but sure. we believe it is by faith and baptism, not by faith or baptism. He says it doesn't really matter as long as you. Uh, he says, through. I believe in salvation by faith, but I would add and strongly urge, should anyone be saved by, should anyone be saved by his faith, what hinders you from being baptized? Because if you believe you may, I would add must. I would add must to steal words from Jesus. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not following that exactly. Uh, I think what Chris is saying is that we're saved by faith, and yeah, yeah, you should be baptized too. But I, as you said, Jacob, I would disagree with that. The, the scriptures are absolutely abundantly clear that. Baptism is for remission of sins, and sins are not forgiven until we have been baptized for the remission of sins. So many places in the scriptures to go to emphasize that. One very clear one is Acts twenty two sixteen. Paul is retelling his own conversion. Yes. yes. And, and he he had seen the Lord on the road. Right. Came to believe in Him. Had been fasting and praying for three days. Yeah. But when the man Ananias came to him. 
He said, Now why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. There you go. He was still in his sins. Although a believer who had been fasting and praying, he was still in his sins. His sins were not washed away until he'd been baptized. Now, we're right. not saying that the, that the water is the power. We understand that Jesus is the power behind that. His, his only... 1 Peter 3.21 says, Light for your word and baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, the resurrection of Christ is what empowers baptism, but it's a necessary step in our salvation. All right. And Chris in Atlanta says, Yes, the Bible is clear as to how we obtain salvation. If it did not matter, then why did Christ have to be sacrificed? I would ask the same question, Chris, and thank you for your response. You know, to, to, to answer this uh, as we did the first question, if we say, no, it doesn't matter what you did to be saved, then you could do anything to be saved. Monty, you could uh, you could jump over a broomstick to be saved. You could uh, stand on your head for three hours and be saved. You could, uh, you could deny Christ and curse God to be saved if it doesn't matter what you did to be saved. You know, that seems really extreme, but if it doesn't matter, any of these things or all of them or whatever would be sufficient. That's right. Uh, In our Bible studies in the park, David McPherson taught this lesson. He mentioned some of the things that people do. You know, they they say, well, you can be saved just by believing, or you can be saved by saying the sinner's prayer. Uh, You can be saved without being baptized, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, But when we look to to the Word of God, uh, it seems clear that those steps of, sal- of salvation, hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, and live faithfully thereafter, seems that it did matter because that's what those people in the book of Acts did. The Jews on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16. Uh, yes, it matters what we did to be saved. And, and in his lesson, David concluded with a... a a couple of passages, and I think we've got time real quickly to look at Romans chapter 10, beginning verse 14. How shall they call, verse 13 says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. The key there was obeying the gospel. They heard, but they had to obey the gospel right. in order to be saved. Absolutely. And then Second Thessalonians chapter one. In Second Thessalonians chapter one, beginning verse eight, my pages are sticking together here. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Second um, Thessalonians chapter one. I'm going to get there in a minute, Jacob. Yeah, it's in there. I know it I is. I know it is. Yeah. Verse eight. Talk about the Lord will come. The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not the gospel and uh, know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Notice you have to know God. You have to obey the gospel to avoid that damnation. Pretty clear. So it seems like it definitely does matter. All right. 877-381-4567. We've done it again. We've crossed two hurdles and two more to go and halfway there. So we want to hear from you on the program tonight. We're getting to the next question. We're getting, we're getting, I think we're probably getting a little bit more controversial as we go. Probably uh, so. Uh, what does it matter what I believe, what I did to be saved? Now, what church do I attend on that? That seems pretty outrageous. All right. Our next segment is, does it matter what church I Surely attend? Surely not. And, and a lot of people would say yeah, it doesn't you know, matter. That pizza, that pizza box. You remember those pizza boxes 20 years ago? What they, used to, they used to say, attend the church of your choice. That so used that, to be a bumper sticker. It used, used to be, be on, on the back of semi-trucks. Semi on pizza know, boxes. Join the church of your choice. Well, as though your that, choice is one is as good as another. Let's see if it's so. Let's see if it works. We're going to take a break, get this week's bullet point. On the other side, we'll take your comments. 877-381-4567 or in the chat room tonight if you're listening to us live. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. It's an aggravating and frustrating thing to try to sell a used car yourself. The problem, of course, is that those who might consider buying your car always look at it with a far more critical eye than you do. Things you've long ignored simply will not please a prospective buyer. 
That spot on the upholstery where the kid spilled a milkshake suddenly shows up like a black eye. And that slight roar that comes from the rusted-out muffler now sounds like a semi-truck. The worn tires, the squeaky brakes, the dull paint, everything looks and sounds worse when you know that someone else is viewing it with a critical eye. Finally, you lower your price and end up selling your car for a lot less than you had hoped to receive. We wonder how many folks may suffer a similar disappointment in the final judgment. So many things that have long been ignored will then be exposed to the Lord's scrutinizing view. Maybe you've known for a long time that you should do something about that bad habit, the vile language, the uncontrolled temper, the immoral deeds, but you just kept putting it off. Perhaps you were the one who had all those good intentions about worshiping more regularly or studying your Bible more diligently. Or was it you that had been planning for years to speak to your neighbor about the Lord? In the final judgment, it will be the Lord who's looking at us. Will we end up receiving far less than we had hoped for? That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our families love to listen to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. Did those kids say how old they were, Monty? Do you remember what they were saying? Something Eight and like seven. Well, they're significantly older. Than yes, they now. are. Well, we're glad that you're on the program. We need to re-record those guys talking yes. now. They don't sound they quite don't as sound high the pitched. Same. No. <laughs> what glad. was it? Thomas and Cole. Thomas or? and Cole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're glad that you're listening well, on the program. Both no those guys, how old Both are. those young men are Christians now. We'll get them to re-record their their. Uh, Message. All right. Uh, we're glad that you're listening on the program tonight, and we want to hear from you, 877-381-4567, or visit our website, which is also the website of the College View Church of Christ that brings you this program. That website is thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can find out more information about what we believe and what we practice, and you can find out uh, or listen to archives of old editions of the Virtual Bible Study. We're getting some old, ancient ones here. And we're coming oh, up oh, on another birthday here. I hope the recordings aren't starting to get crackly on our website because they're almost eight years old, some of the yeah, oldest. Yeah, so, so well. we're almost to, we're almost ready to conclude eight full years of the Virtual Bible Study. And so if you find a recording that's got a lot of static on it, let us know. But I yeah. don't think that happens anymore. No, it would have if it was on magnetic tape. But oh, we're, but yeah. okay. we're way past that. Okay. And uh, let us uh, hear your thoughts as we talk about the question, does it matter tonight? All right. We're we're moving quickly. You you had doubts as to whether we were going to be able to do this or yes, not. Yes, we are. But we're we're going to move quickly. I we're going we're to move. Gonna, I think we're going to make it. Again, r- remember that uh, we're sort of just reviewing the topics that were discussed recently in our Bible studies in the park uh, week before last. Uh, the whole theme of the study was, does it matter? Most people think it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want to in religion. We're coming to the very positive conclusion that it does matter. It matters what we believe. It matters what we did to be saved. Now we're going to talk about a real controversial one. The third question was, does it matter what church I attend? Mm -hmm. Um, This is uh, Randy in Michigan says, uh, yes, our Lord Jesus has but one body, which is the church or the called out. We read of this in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. God has put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Then in chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 1, or verse 4, rather, it says there's one body and one spirit, even as you call it one hope of your calling. So if the body is the church and there's just one body, then you don't have to reason too hard to conclude there's uh, just one church. Them together, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, I, I have had the experience, and I know a lot of people have that, um, that this is just an outrageous thing to teach that there's just one church. Right. People are just blown away by that. Yeah. But the argument that Randy posed there, one body, there's just one body, and the body is the church, therefore there can only be one church, that's just, that can't. that's unavoidable conclusion. Yeah. So, uh, and we're not claiming that we're not. We'll make that statement and that claim without claiming that we're part of it. We're just. We can just look at the Bible and can we not just agree that there's just one church? I mean, regardless of what that church is, you know, maybe it's the church of what was it? The church of what's happening now? Wasn't that yeah, one? Of those? Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever it is. I mean, can you not just look at the scripture and say there's only one? Uh, that seems very clear. Uh, Ramona uh, says we hear on TV and radio go to the church of your choice. What if there were animal sacrifices at that church? Would that be all right? After all, it's our choice. 
The right choice would be to obey God and his commandments. He is the head of the church, Acts 20, 28, Ephesians 5, verse 23, Colossians 1, verse 18, Ephesians 1, verses 22 and 23. And there is only one church, his church, and the Bible condemns the dividing it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Not only is unity commanded, but Jesus prayed for it in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. If you're going to a church that is doing something that cannot be found in the Bible, you are not going to the Lord's church. And she references Galatians 1, 6 through 9, Revelation 22, 18, and 19. Thank you, Ramona, for your response. All right. And Chris in Atlanta says, does it matter what church I attend? Yes, God established one church, and he adds to that church. We do not join a church. I think that's kind of interesting. Chris is alluding to Acts chapter 2. He mentions verse 47. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Earlier, what they did to be saved, they they said, men and brother, what shall we do? When they were convinced that they had actually been guilty of killing God's only begotten son. Verse 37, men and brother, what shall we do? Verse 38, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 41 says, they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day were added to them about 3,000 souls. So, uh, in all of that, God adds you to the church when you do what the gospel... We talked earlier, does it matter what I did to be saved? Yes. And when you do what the New Testament teaches you must do in order to be saved then the Lord adds you to the one true church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. He mentions some other uh, references, some other scriptures there, too, as well. He also makes the argument from Ephesians 1 and 4. You know, Acts chapter 2 is starting to answer these questions for us. Does it matter what I believe? Well, Peter was wasting his time preaching to them if it didn't matter what they believed. Does it matter what I did to be saved? Well, Peter should have said when they said, what men and brethren want us to be do? Peter should have said, well, whatever you jolly well please. But he told them what they needed to do. And third, we see that, G, that God added them to the church, so it does matter. The ones that were saved were added to the church, not just any church. He, they were added to the church. So I'm starting to see a pattern. There. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, the uh, All of that in the very first I chapter that records the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of the church, uh, answering it, all their questions. I think it may answer the fourth <coughs> one, too. We'll find out. All right. Now, uh I taught this lesson when we had our Bible study in the park, and uh, I suggested that when I'm looking for a church, there's obviously thousands of them out there. When I'm looking for a church, I need to try to find one that is like the church I read about in the New Testament, right? Right, right. I mean, I want to be a part of that church. I don't want to. So what am I looking for? Well, it would have to be a church that was started back then in the first century. You know, there have been a lot of churches started. Somebody said, well, the, the denomination that I'm a member of was established in 1567, you know, almost 500 years ago. Well, that's uh, about 1,500 years too late. Right. I mean, we're looking for a church that is 2,000 years old, not 500 oh, years so old. So you're saying if somebody comes along and makes a, a church, the church of what's happening now, and they, they said well, it was established in 1987. Well, that obviously can't be. Well, the, uh, yeah, but neither can some of the well-known names: Methodist, Lutheran, Presbyterian. Oh, yeah. for, for that matter, even Roman Catholic. Uh-huh. The, the Roman Catholic Church yeah. uh, named its first pope uh, shortly after 600 A.D. It was 600 years too late, almost. Uh, yeah. So we're looking for a church that was established in the first century. Um, we we uh, when we argue that we 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 make the point. That the church and the kingdom are the same thing. Those words yeah. are used interchangeably yeah. in the New Testament. The kingdom of Christ is the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 18, and 19 established that sort of the synonymous use, the interchangeable use of those terms. What's interesting, when John the Baptist was preaching, Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2, he said, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus was preaching, he said, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew 4, verse 17. So, when both John the Baptist and Jesus were preaching, they said the kingdom is coming soon. Mm-hmm. It came. And in and Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul wrote, God has hath translated, has already translated us mm-hmm. into the kingdom of his dear son. Right. By the time Paul wrote Colossians, the kingdom had come, the church was established. Okay. We're looking for that church. 
Now, if we're looking for that church, then it's going to have to be one that worships the way the first century church worshipped. Right. It's going to have to be organized the way that first century church was organized. And no. By the way, that the organization of the church in the first century was every congregation was independent and autonomous. Mm-hmm. There was no hierarchy of church government. You know, right. almost all the religions that have come along since then have seen fit to establish some incredible hierarchy of structure. The, the, the most notable example of that, of course, is the Roman Catholic Church, organized all over the globe, all the way to the point that they've got one head, the Pope in Rome. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can't read of anything like that in the New Testament. No. We're looking for a church that's congregational in its organization. Well, it'd have to be, yeah. The real simple point, Jacob, mm-hmm. we should be looking for a church that has a biblical name. Now, mm-hmm. there's not just one name. Right. That was given to the church in the first century. Several descriptive names are used. Uh, it's called the Church of the Firstborn. Mm-hmm. It's called the, it, it is called the Church of God. Of right. course, there's a denomination that came along later that chose that name. Mm-hmm. It, it's certainly called the Church of Christ, Romans 16, 16. The churches of Christ salute you. Right. It, uh, so it would have to be some name. If, if I'm looking for the church like the church that I read about in the New Testament, it's not going to be the Lutheran Church. Okay. That's named after Martin Luther. Yeah. You know, he lived 1,500 years after Christ. Uh, okay. uh, it's, it's not going to be uh, the Baptist Church or the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church. Right. Those are not biblical names. I mean, I, I'm not saying that, that Church of Christ is the only biblical name. We're not claiming that. It is a biblical name. And if we're looking for a church like what you read about in the New Testament, it would at least have to go by a name that we can find in the New Testament, All wouldn't right. you think? Yeah. Um, uh, it would have to teach the, the plan of salvation, as we've already right. described. Right. Uh, it would have to claim singularity in nature, mm-hmm. not that one church is as good as another, but yes. that there is one body, as we have already said. Yes. Uh, undenominational in character, pursuing the work that God gave to the church in the New Testament. And finally, a point that we need to stress is the church that you attend needs to be a church that understands its essential nature. It's very common these days, Jacob, for people to believe that the church is really unessential. Yes, that I yes, can be a Christian, yes. but I don't have to go to church. I, can, I, yeah. I love God, but I don't like church. Uh, right. I, uh, and I just, so a lot, of people, a lot of people think that they can be saved and go to heaven having never affiliated with any church. It does, right. They would say, no, it doesn't matter what church I attend. I don't attend a church. I don't think I have to. Right. But the scriptures teach that that's absolutely not so. Um, notice Galatians 3.27, we're baptized into Christ. 1 Corinthians 12.13, we're baptized into one body. So we're baptized into Christ. We're baptized into the body. The church is the body. Therefore, we're baptized into the church. If we're in Christ, we're in his body, which is his church. And we're taught in the scriptures that only in Christ Therefore, in the church, being in the Christ, being in Christ is synonymous with being in the church. Yeah. You can't be in Christ and not be in his church. And only in Christ and in the church do we have spiritual blessings, Ephesians 1, 3. We have redemption, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. We have forgiveness, Ephesians 1, 7. We have salvation, 2 Timothy 2, 10. We have sanctification, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. We have reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. Mm-hmm. Well, all those things sound like they're pretty essential and the only way we can have them is to be in Christ, which is to be in his body, which means to be in his church. And there is one body. That's right. All right. Well, appreciate that. And it obviously does matter. And we have done it again. We're going and we're actually making up a little time. So we'll have time for your comments on the other side. This one is going to be uh, ripe with discussion as we continue to get more and more controversial. Does it matter how I worship? We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. And we hope you'll join in the discussion Poor Henry P. in the chat room is in the U.K. It is 2.40 in the morning, and he's trying to hear us, and he can't. And, and nobody's chatting in the chat room. The chat room is very quiet tonight. Yes. So yeah. uh, uh, Henry P. is wanting some talk in the chat room because he, he has, can't hear he, us. He has decided that our signal cannot fly over the ocean, nor can it swim through the ocean. And so he's going to give up, I think, and go to bed. So thank you for listening. trying, at least, uh, Henry. When you listen to the podcast, maybe you, uh, you'll hear us uh, discussing you there. We're going to get a break, and then we'll go to the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this.
Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. Do you remember when the pulpit was used for the purpose of convicting sinners and teaching them how to be saved? Are you tired of preachers who seem much more inclined to entertain their audience than to teach the truth? Does it seem the sermons you are hearing each week could have easily be given at a PTA meeting or a social club? Do you remember when sin was called sin and at the end of the sermon you knew by book, chapter, and verse what the preacher was talking about and why? The College View Church is still preaching the old Jerusalem gospel that you read about in your Bible. They invite you to investigate for yourself. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. With few exceptions, the most religious states in the country in 2012 were in the southeastern area of the United States, according to a new Gallup poll. The assessment is based upon the percentage of people in each state who considered themselves to be very religious. Gallup defines very religious as those who say their religion is an important part of their daily life and that they attend religious services every week or almost every week. Based upon this definition, the top ten religious states in this survey were Mississippi, 58%, Utah, 56%, Alabama, 56%, Louisiana, 53%, Arkansas, 52%, South Carolina, 52%, Tennessee, 50%, North Carolina, 50%, Georgia, 48%, Oklahoma, 48%. In contrast, the least religious states were Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Oregon, Washington, Connecticut, Alaska, Hawaii, and Nevada. Only 19% of Vermonters identified themselves as being very religious. Nationwide, 31% of Americans were considered non-religious, meaning that, quote, religion is not an important part of their daily life and that they seldom or never attend religious services. That information is via CNS News. The Word of God says in Luke 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program. The announcer has given away a verse that is going to be vital in this discussion, uh, Colossians 3, verse 17. But we're asking the question now, does it matter how I worship? Well, what we're seeing, uh, the answers to all these questions are yes. It does matter what I believe. Yes, it matters what I believe. Yes, it matters what I did to be saved. Yes, it matters what church I attend. Finally, yes, it does matter how I worship. What are some of our emailers say, Jacob? All right, Monty, again, to answer the question, does it matter, if you say no, it doesn't matter, then yes, you can worship any way that you please and do anything that you want. If it doesn't matter what I worship, then... We, we can all worship our own way, whatever way we choose to make up, and one is just as good as another. But I don't know of anybody that really and truly believes that because any, for someone that would say it doesn't matter, you still get to some extreme you could get to, and they'd say, oh, no, no, that won't work, that won't work. If it doesn't matter how we could worship, Ma, uh, Monty could put on a leotard and do some interpretive dance for us. Oh, boy. Worship. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're not going there. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That, I mean, but hey, people are doing that. But, but I think Monty's point is exactly right. Everybody draws a line somewhere. Well, if you're going to draw a line somewhere and says, no, you can't do that, then really the the only reasonable place, only logical place to draw a line is where the Scripture is That's right. Uh, anything else is arbitrary. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to have a line, and I, I think Monty's exactly right, everybody's got a line somewhere. Yeah. If you're going to have such a line, then... You've got to draw it in the right place. If you have a standard or a line, then it is either anybody, ever, anybody in everybody's line, which is no standard, or there is an absolute standard of God's Word, and it has to be an absolute standard. Money. Yeah. One would think, if we're talking about worshiping God, that since that kind of puts Him in charge if we're worshiping Him, then we would look to His Word to see how He would like to be worshiped. Yes. Because if He's the all-powerful God... And I'm just picking a way. I might pick some way that's terribly offensive to him, which wouldn't go well for me. So I really need to see what he wants done. There you go. All right. My, I mean, well, when Monty, when your wife is cooking you a meal, if she wants you to be happy with that meal, she'll cook what you like. Well, some, from time to time she'll ask me, what would you like for supper tonight? And I can either tell her it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter, or I can tell her I would like to have a specific dish. That's right. Uh, it always matters some, though. Right. In other words, you're not, <laughs> you're not you're even not. You're, you don't like greens. I know that about you. But it would matter. I mean, if she went out, if, if she went out and found a dead armadillo on the road and tried to serve you, it it matters. I mean, even when you say it doesn't really matter to me, fix what you you still have some limits. I still have perimeters in there that I <laughs> yeah. expect to be yeah. that we stay yeah. in. Yeah. All right. 
All right, from from our emailers, uh, Randy in Michigan says, there as there's a pattern in the New Testament to be saved, there's also a pattern in the New Testament for worship that is pleasing to our Heavenly Father. First mode must worship Jehovah in spirit and truth, John 4, 24. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. There was always, and then he talks about what New Testament worship was like. There was always teaching and preaching, Galatians 1, 8, 1 Corinthians 1, 21, 2 Timothy 4, 2, Acts 8, 4. The saints, when they came together, there was always prayer, Acts 2, 42, 1 Timothy 2, 8. There was always singing, Ephesians 5, 19. The Lord's Supper was taken on the first day of the week, Acts 20, verse 7. Giving was also done on the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. So he's actually described what we sometimes refer to as the five acts of New Testament yes. worship. Yes, and Ramona has done the same in her response. Uh, she says, yes, it does matter how you worship. It matters to God. He desires our worship, and he has described and designated his acceptable worship. John 4, verse 24 lays down how we are to worship God acceptably. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And she has bolded the word must. We must worship him in spirit and in truth in that there is a pattern or plan that must be followed. God does not let it be up to man on how to worship him. He has the plan. It involves acts of worship as authorized by his word, including, and she reiterates the five points that Randy did. Yeah. Uh, Chris in Atlanta says, uh, we see all through the Bible that God is very specific about what he wants, and when he gives a command, we are to follow it. Two obvious and glaring examples in the Old Testament are Cain and Abel, and then Nadab and Abihu. Yes. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 11 condemns improper worship concerning the Lord's Supper. It does matter. And Chris in the U.K. has a similar response where he says, We are to follow the instructions the Lord has set down and with the reverence he is due. He references John 4, verse 23 and 24. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, and Hebrews chapter 11 that discuss Cain worshiping God but unacceptably. Luke, uh, Leviticus 10, verses 1 and 2, is the account of Nahab and Abihu, where they worship God, but in the wrong way. And he references 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Saul was intending to worship God, but in an unauthorized manner, and God wasn't happy with that. And Matthew 15, verse 9, our worship can be vain, useless, or worthless. Uh, it is not to put on a concert, to entertain men, to be seeker-friendly, or not offensive. It is for God and him alone. And by the singing, that singing not playing, he says, songs, hymns, and uh, spiritual psalms, uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and by the taking of the fruit of the vine and of bread. Uh, okay, but uh, so he references uh, the pattern that we must follow. All right, very good. Um, when we had our Bible studies in the park, David McPherson taught this letter, lesson, and he made uh, our correspondents have covered many of the same points he made. He says that he, he, he made the point that the scriptures denote different types of worship. For instance, vain worship. Right. In that last uh, email from Chris, you just read Matthew fifteen nine, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. It's worship, but it's vain. So does it matter? If, if it doesn't matter, then it would be impossible to have vain or worthless worship if it doesn't matter. But Jesus said there's a kind of worship that's vain, no good. Accomplishes nothing. Well, Jesus, when when he identified it as that, he's saying it matters. Right. If, if it didn't matter, then it'd be impossible to worship in vain, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah because uh, you'd be doing, you'd be worshiping. It'd be yeah, right. It'd be impossible. Uh, in Acts chapter seventeen, Paul said that some of those idol worshippers in Athens were were worshiping ignorantly. They didn't know what they were doing. Right. It's possible to worship in, be, and be ignorant of what you should be doing. Yes. And then uh, there's kind of an interesting statement in Colossians. Uh, David McPherson brought out Colossians chapter 2. Uh, right at the end of that chapter, uh, Paul says, um, why, is li- why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men? So he says some people were adhering to certain rules that were only, that originate with men, not with God. He says they are the commandments and doctrines of men. He says, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. He he drew a point about will worship, mm-hmm. my will, not God's will. Yeah. In other words, and, and he, he's saying these things are useless 
if I'm just worshiping as I like, what pleases me, then that's that's will worship, and it's not worship that God has prescribed. It's yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, you reference Cain and Abel. Uh, Nate Evan Abihu. I guess we should reference Cain. Abel was doing it right. Yeah. Um, bottom line, it's an authority issue. In Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, Jesus said, "All power has been given unto me in heaven and earth." Mm-hmm. If all power belongs to Jesus, then no power resides in me to decide these issues. Yeah. To, to decide what I think is okay. Right. I don't have that power. It all belongs to Jesus. Right. Colossians three seventeen. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. It's got to be by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who has the say so. Yes. Uh, in fact, it is so important that in Second John verse nine, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and Son. You know, when somebody says, well, aren't you kind of being nitpickers here? I mean, is it all that important? Yeah, come on, give me a break. Well, John said, if you transgress and abide not in the doctrine of Christ, well, uh, what does the doctrine of Christ teach about worship? Right. It teaches us how to worship. Uh, Randy and Ramona gave us the five acts of New Testament worship. I can read about those in the New Testament. We, We sing, we pray, we teach and preach. We observe the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. We contribute on the first day of the week. Five right. acts of New Testament worship we right. often referred. I can read about those. Yeah. If it's not one of those, and I can't read about in the Bible, then I have transgressed, and I'm not abiding in the doctrine of Christ. And then, John says, when I do that, I don't have God. Yeah, very good. So it is very important. Does it matter? And the answer is absolutely yes. Monty, if it's about worshiping God, it ought to be pleasing to him. Does God like Rock and roll music or interpretive dance for worship? Well, I don't read anything about doing those in the New Testament. You couldn't and, be sure that he could just on the just on the surface. You can't be sure that God likes that. Well, one would think, if being the all powerful God that He is, if He wanted those things, He could have He inspired the apostles and the Bible writers to write a whole lot of stuff. Right. And if He'd have wanted that, He could have inspired them to write that too. Right. It, it, it's just another line. It wouldn't shouldn't have been a big issue for him. Right. That's what he just, wanted. Just on the surface, we have no way of knowing, but in fact, we do know that he would not be pleased with it because we'd be doing such without authority. And acting without God's authority is a violation of his will. He does not like it. You know, common sense ought to tell us that in answer to all the questions we've covered tonight, does it matter what I believe? Does it matter what I did to be saved? Does it matter what church I attend? Does it matter how I worship? In regards to all of those things, Common sense ought to tell us, yeah, it's, it probably does matter because, you know, we're talking about God here. We're yes. talking about doing the will of God. I expect when, when I am the boss, yes. I expect people to do what I want. In uh-huh. other words, if I hired you, yes. you were on me tonight uh, suggesting that my house needs painted. Yes, I was. So let's say that I hire someone to paint my house. Yes. I'm going to tell you, he's going to do it as I specify or else, right? I'm not going to pay him if he doesn't do if he doesn't paint it the way that I told him to paint right. it, the colors and so forth. Yeah. If he paints it some other way, different colors, does different things other than what I prescribed. I'm telling you what, I'm the boss of that job, and I get to say how what, that's going to be. Paints, if he paints it the color you you like, but but he puts pink polka dots on it, he paints pink. Polka, are you going to be happy with that? Absolutely no, not. It's got the color that you want. In other words, we when we're the boss, we want it done our way. Right. Well, in, in matters of religion, God is Lord and Master. Ah. He he gets to say, and the, uh, why people think it doesn't matter is is just bizarre, because we wouldn't put up with it. Why would we think God would it's put up with it? It's interesting that you made that point, because I had the verse that says just that in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, and why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You can't, Jesus can't be Lord. God can't be Lord of our lives if we're not doing what he says. And if you're just doing what you want and you say it doesn't matter, then Jesus and God are not your lords because uh, that you're not following their instructions. If we're doing what we want and it doesn't matter, then really we've put ourselves in the position of being Lord. That's right. Where our will is the one important. We're in charge. We're God. And if we're pretending to worship God, then we need to do what he says. All right. Exactly right. Well, we are out of time, but we made it. We did. You didn't think we could do it, but we did it. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about next week? 
Well, we'll study on that, and you may give us some suggestions. We're always open. We have quite a stack of questions that have come in either next week or some week soon. We're going to try to cover some of those questions, so keep the questions coming. If we get one that that justifies a whole program, we'll do that. If we've got one that we can add in with others, we'll do that. It's sort of funny what's going on in the chat room tonight. Nick says, I didn't get the email on the subject tonight. Nick came into the discussion late. What is uh, the subject, he wants to know. Tim responds with, does it matter? <laughs> Nick Nick answers, yes, I like to stick with the subject during the time of the program. <laughs> well, uh, that's not the full picture. Maybe we'll explain it to you later. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us, though, on the program tonight. Uh, Monty, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time tonight, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. All right. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.